Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I should say, Edwin Moses, start, uh, thank, first of all, thank you for so much time. I want to start this segment with where we, we, where we left off, because I did not realize this. So I was just asking, because it came to my mind, that the athletes, uh, the track and field folk today, they get paid, and I'm thinking, wow, man, if this had been, and in, in when you were uh, in the Olympics and running, you'd be, they'd be paying you, and you then said, oh, no, I, I'm the reason they're getting paid. Talk, talk to us about how did that happen? Um, I was, I really started being vociferous in the late 70s about getting paid or not getting paid because I noticed when I run in Europe, you go to Cologne, Germany, or Zurich, there's 40, 50, 60,000 people, maybe 80,000 in Budapest. And when I first got there, you were getting paid like a couple thousand dollars. So I did, yeah, I'm a scientist. I'm doing the math and everything and said, there's a lot of money, a lot of slippage here that the athletes aren't getting. And so I continually started talking about uh, the the lack of professionalism and the fact that it was amateur. And the rules in 19, up until 1981, for when I started in 76 through 81, those first five years, track and field and all the other Olympic sports were, were amateur. It was against the rules for you to be paid. So I started lobbying with the um, the people in uh, international track and field with the Federation about they we were getting paid already. I mean, I went the Olympic Games was the first meet I ever got paid for in my life in 1976, and um, it was well into the six figures. And I was a college student, so uh, uh, yeah, I no, was like I was like Rick James. <laughs> I mean, you were getting paid anyway. We got paid. I got paid to run track meets in 1977 in Europe. I got paid to wear Adidas shoes in now. This was all legal. It was illegal at the it time. It was illegal at the Everyone time. Everyone knew what was happening. The NCAA, the Olympic Committee, the International Federation, the United States Olympic Committee. It was it was accepted, but quietly. And so I worked, began to work on changing the rules. In 1981, the International Olympic Committee, with uh, when Juan Antonio Samaranch came in, and there was a guy who was the head of the International Federation named Adrian Paulin from the Netherlands. He wanted to, uh, he said that, Harrison Dillard and Jesse Owens and all these guys were paid. It might have been $50, but they were paid a little bit of money historically in the sport of track and field. And they wanted to change it. And so in 1981, the International Federation and the International Olympic Committee changed the rules and said that track and field, skiing, and any other sport that wanted to adopt the rules, we're going to drop the amateur clause that says that if you if you have a sponsorship or if you run track meets you endorsements commercials you won't lose your olympic eligibility they threatened me in 1978 there's some articles in the london times with myself and seb cole they threatened to kick us out uh so that happened in 1981 by 1983 to show you how far track and field has stayed behind there was an article that came out uh, and I have the article at home. Uh, it was an investigative article that the L.A. Times did. They were talking about track and field. The Olympics were coming up in 1984. We had our first world championships in 1983. And track and field became commercialized very, very quickly between 81 and 83. I had deals with Kodak, Adidas, Kappa, 
uh, about two other companies, and so we opened it up very, very fast. Now, so did you 80, have an agent at that I had time? an agent. You had everything. an agent? I had an NF, okay. uh, NBA agent. I had the same agent as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Charlie Scott, Norm Nixon when I moved to California. But anyway, this article, basically, they researched it, and in 1983, 82-83, the article surmised that I was getting paid more than the NFL quarterbacks at the time that were making six hundred, seven hundred thousand years. That was before the NFL salaries really really spiked. It took off, yeah. Yeah. And the average quarterback salary was about six hundred fifty to eight hundred thousand. Nineteen eighty three before the Olympics I was making more money than that as track and field. Wow. I was the quiet one. I didn't brag about how you didn't much say I made. Much. And, mo- yeah. and pay taxes too. Well so, of course. But, but yeah. track and field yeah. was very uh, very avant-garde and ahead of the time. If people don't understand the sport, they don't realize that that's why any amateur athlete is being paid today because I pressed the envelope. I've got the documentation. In fact, it's going to be in my book. I've got all that information pulled out because I really want to document all of those things that happened, what really happened, happened, because people don't know. Yeah, you know, know, and I I just passed him a copy of my book, but that's one of the reasons. It takes a long time to pull it together. Right. But you've got, there's there's the public story. Right. And then there's, like you're telling us, there's the back story. Yeah. Then that's what people need to really know about. Let me go to the phones. Interesting. Uh, I'll start, I'll go back with, uh, let's see, it's 38 after the hour. A Al from Wisconsin. Go ahead, please. You're on with Edwin Moses. Good morning, gentlemen. And Edwin, I just want to say thank you. I coached track for 49 years and, uh, you were an inspiration to me to use as a teacher, inspiration for the kids. You, Michael Johnson, the young lady from Iowa, I can't think of her name, the hurdler. Um, Nawal I showed film of all of you. I'm sorry? Nawal from Morocco? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I showed film of you all at our parent meeting every year uh, to show people what could be done in that sport, and uh, it inspired a lot of young people. I'm sorry we didn't know about your nerdiness because (laughs) my wife was a teacher. She also was a coach, and uh, we emphasized that if you couldn't do anything in the classroom, you couldn't do anything for us on the field. Yeah, And so all of our children graduated from high school, and we coached hundreds of children. Yeah. You know, I have a the grandson. The YWCA just gave us a 50-year anniversary. Oh, I mean, uh, award for coaching girls sports. Yeah, congratulations. Because of Title IX. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, you know, uh, I have a grandson running track, and he has a a, tra- a track coach um, who uh, is like you, uh, Al. Uh, you know, I, he, you know, he's he's got to find. That's the other thing. He's got to find his way, and, and he's yep. and he's and you know, and because I, 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 if now if it was football, I could be helping him. But this is track. Um, he's got to find his way. But the one thing he uh, that makes me proud more than anything else, uh, with uh, my grandson, the track coach said he's one of the smartest kids in the in in the classroom. That means more than. His uh, 
feet, you know, his efforts on the uh, track and field. Go ahead and finish up. My wife and I also had a a special needs son, and the doctor said he wouldn't live to be five. He lived to be 58, and he was involved in all of the things that we did. Wow. And as a manager of all of the sports teams that we coached in volleyball, track and field, basketball, et cetera, and, uh, you know, he, he passed away in uh, 2016, mm. but uh, he married, had two beautiful children, and wow. uh, I taught him one thing, and that is the state of being a handicap is not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. Right. Uh, Kevin from New Jersey. Hey, well, you're on with Edmund Moses. Kevin is a first-time caller. Hallelujah. Go ahead, please, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Hey, Joe, Edwin, thank you for taking my call. I always wanted to hear that chime. Um, <laughs> Edwin, uh, <laughs> first of all, this is not my call, but I'm from a town in Plainfield, in New Jersey called Plainfield where a guy named George Clinton did a lot of his music out there. So we got a little funk here in Jersey, too. Oh, yeah, I ain't got uh, no funk. No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just, but he got it from, no, he got it from Dayton. I'm sorry, but, you know, it does, it, never mind. Go ahead. I'm teasing you. It's all good. Uh, uh, I have a few parallels with Edward, not to his degree, but um, I was a a hurdler. I was an intermediate hurdler and a high hurdler. I'm a little younger than you, but uh, I wore glasses just like you did, and I had my little (laughs) elastic strap holding on there and everything. Um, I had my haircut was similar to yours. I watched you and Mike Shine do your thing during the Olympics, but uh, I also grew up, my older brother, was autistic. He was heavily autistic. And um, my mother basically sacrificed her career. She would have been a teacher to take care of him while my father worked. Wow. And um, I know when I was a kid, I couldn't go because I was at school one day, but my mother took him to a special Olympics meet uh, that was associated with a, a camp or something that he was going to. Now, my brother couldn't talk or anything like that. And uh, again, uh, heavily autistic, but he actually ran a mile and he would have won it but they put you know how they put the tape across the finish line well he did he didn't go across the finish line until somebody else went because he saw the tape up there but yeah. he got a silver medal in a 1500 wow. but um <laughs> but if, you know the thing was um i i've been coaching a youth track team here in town now for the last 24 years now uh i actually met you for a brief moment at joetta clark's fundraisers that she used to yeah. do over here in but you were getting mobbed, and you saw me. Told I'll be right back to you. But you know, you're you're a rock star, so it was a little hard for me to get to they you. But I've always yeah, admired yeah. what yeah. This this I've must always be. admired what you've done as a hurdler. Thank and you. Uh, Thank Joe you. hasn't mentioned this. I'm not sure if Joe's aware of this, but that streak of yours of 122 straight finals is it's insane. And yeah. I don't think anything like that is ever going to be uh, matched in track and field again. I just I just don't think anything allows for that. It's it's just an incredible streak. The story, you know, this story, I'm so glad we're taking the time to do all this. The the story has to be told. I mean, and and I'm not saying that because because the the accolades you're getting are so well-deserved. But I know, even though it's the first time we've actually physically met, um, I bet we have somewhere along Ma- Mallory Pool, but, <laughs> but anyway, but it 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 the, this is why I so love doing the show and sometimes getting away from 
the fighting and the political intake and back and forth we do every day is I want people who don't know us, don't, and I mean don't know us, don't want to teach our history. This is, this would be, this is history. Right. I mean, your history should be taught, right? I mean, if you're going to teach Jesse Owens, you got to teach Edwin Moses and the list goes on. Right. And, um, You know, this is why I'm I'm so glad you came in and and spent this amount of time. Because I hope people who are the trolls and the folks who are listening, I hope they're learning. Yeah. I hope they're learning. And and that's one of the reasons yeah. why I'm doing my book, the first book, yeah. and I haven't done it in a while. And I'm telling the story in the way that it actually happened, and it won't be diluted. And it'll it'll go into the fact that, for example, when we were coming up, if, even if I had been great in high school in track and field, there wouldn't have been a lot of opportunities at every possible school that there exists today in track and field to go mm-hmm. to participate on the tracks team because a lot of these schools in the SEC and other these, these other conferences, wouldn't they, they, they wouldn't let you run. Wouldn't they wouldn't let, let you, you play basketball. The football coaches, I mean, we had some horrible examples uh, like, uh, what's his name, Bear Bryant at uh, University of Alabama and uh, Adolph Rupp at Kentucky. Those two were, were the worst that went yeah. public. But we didn't have those kind of opportunities, and a lot of people don't realize it. Almost, I'd probably say more than 50% of the guys in the NFL Hall of Fame came from HBCUs. Yeah. They went to, 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 to Morgan State, Tuskegee. Alcorn, Grambling, Grambling, right. Albany State. That's where everyone came from because those were the only opportunities. So, uh, you know, I, I came at the back end of that when right, these, right. these other universities began to start recruiting. But now, for example, with the track team, man, it's very hard to get the top black students because they're all going to the majority yeah. institutions. Yeah. Um, Morocco, that's the name from Georgia. Hello, uh, Joe, and uh, hello to Edwin. I um, I just wanted to thank Edwin for extending an invitation to me to the um, dedication of the new track at Morehouse and the football field. It was uh, it was quite interesting. It was well attended by some uh, very important people, and Edwin did a, a Herculean job over uh, many years in working towards making that happen. Um, Edwin, I wanted to ask you a question. Now, I ran uh, 400-meter hurdles under Dr. Leroy Walker up in North Carolina Central, and I'd always heard that Dr. Walker assisted you with maybe changing your steps and getting your times down faster. Was that true? Dr. Walker was the the head coach for the 1976 Olympic team. He saw me at the uh, Florida Relays, uh, which is when I qualified for the event, and we were also Morehouse, we being Morehouse, was also in the, in the NCCU, North Carolina Central, was in the, the SIAC conference, so we ran track meets all the time. And he had Melvin Bassett, uh, Robert Uku, Julius Sang was running my first couple of years, so I grew up chasing those guys down that were Olympians in 1972 from NCCU. And, uh, yeah, Dr. Walker helped me out tremendously because, he was going to be the Olympic coach. He knew what the system was, and he made some suggestions for me, the types of training that I was going to need in order to really take it to the wow. next level. From mm-hmm. going to a 50.1, which which was my first race, and ultimately getting down 
two and a half seconds to, to mm-hmm. 47 seconds. So, so my, see, this is why I wanted my grandson. And that's HBCU history. Yeah, I, I wanted my grandson. To, I wanted my and thanks for your call to be here. But he has, and you would appreciate this, he had class. Yeah. So class is first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can, I see you laughing. <laughs> you know, the, the academic person you are, uh, you know, but, but um, you said something, it's, it's incremental. You, 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 it's not about, you're not going to win coming first. And I'm, I see, I was won. one of these people thought you had to. You, I must have won all the time. Yeah. I never won. Until you, I started you winning. You never won until you started winning. Climbing all. And that was what made it interesting because when you first start, when I first went my freshman year at Morehouse, I I didn't do the whole season because I, I had a little academic difficulty I had to clean up. Didn't we? <laughs> hey, hey, did, hey, hey, join the color. It's, it's, first, uh, it's cultural shock. My dad didn't want me to run track at all. But Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Now, why, why? Because it would take away from your academics? Yeah, the first semester I had to make a big adjustment. When oh, I, got I to joined Morehouse, the club. And I was brilliant. I had nothing but all A's and B's when I got to Morehouse. But uh, when you got that first I year. I a couple of bad test results. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. slept in one day too I, many, Oh, I, 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 deal, the I, Hey, hey, join <laughs> the club. Join the club. That is, and I always, yeah. you know, it's it, it, I refer to it as culture shock because yeah. you – you you're really on your own. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you don't have somebody waking you up and you got the yeah, I know. I've been there. And I had traveled to Europe in my sophomore year in high school. I've been at Central State for the summer doing chemistry all summer. So it wasn't that I wasn't It just it yeah, was just Yeah, it was just yeah, and, yeah. and and I I, 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 got I was it. too smart for my pants really. Yeah, I thought I, I was it. so so brilliant I didn't have to study that much because I'd seen it in high school cause right. I went to a great high school yeah but when you that get on campus mistake. when you get on yeah. campus with the mother brilliant yeah 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 uh, yeah. You know, I, I know that's going to be in the book. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Everett from <laughs> from Texas, go ahead. Right. Hey, can you hear me? No. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Hello? I, I can hear you. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say thanks for having this show, uh, Joe. You're welcome. And, uh, Edwin, you were definitely one of my heroes back in the day. Got me to go to Central State where I was also – Hanging out with uh, Dr. Thomas. Who oh, man. My hero, Dr. Arthur Thomas, my hero. Yep. Big time. Well, that's all I wanted to say. Just thanks for everything. Oh, I wanted to have one one question for you also, and that was uh, the steps that you did in between each hurdle. That was, well, it's not a question. It's kind of what helped me make it. I didn't, I didn't get any awards. I didn't make it to the Olympics or anything, but I did get my degree from Central State, and uh, that, those step, that step was what helped me. Win a lot of races, getting that steps down. What is he talking about, Edwin? He's talking about the 13 steps in the race. It could be 13, 14, 15, and it's all relative, and it depends on how long your legs are, how fast you run, how much power you have. There's no secret in the amount of steps by itself. I mean, there's guys who can take 13 steps that are running 54 seconds, and there's guys who can take 13 steps and running 47 seconds. So, you know, it's just relative. Everybody's got to take uh, uh, between 13, well, some guys are taking 12 now, between 13 and 16 steps. Everyone's going to do that. Uh, so. Let's see. Sheila, all right, go ahead from Virginia. This is Sheila Moses. Joe, how are you? Oh, Sheila Moses. Now, Sheila, it, 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 I know oh, Sheila. You know Sheila. Oh, okay. Hey, hey Sheila. Sheila. All right. 
hello. I was calling in to say hello to two of my favorite people in the world. Edwin, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm going to be in contact with you. Please do. I was just checking to make sure you were working on your memoir. That's the reason I was calling in. I am. I actually am. And uh, I started uh, following you on uh, Instagram, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I know I know what you're doing. I saw you're doing uh, seminars on on uh, book publishing and whatnot. But I'll give you a, a, a personal call. Yes, but I wanted to say hello and wish you well. And Joe, hello to you both. Okay. You know, Sheila, I, I love you deeply. And and you know, uh, when I think of Sheila, she she comes in. I have not forgotten uh, the effort about finding her missing brother. Mm-hmm. And and I play that interview uh, as frequently as we can, Sheila. And I'll tell you why. Somebody out there knows something. And you never know who's listening. And I'm still praying for it, and you and your family. Uh, but most important of all, I'm just... Uh, I'm just... Uh, just uh, proud to, to have you in my... Um, in my uh, orbit. And... and and appreciate you. And uh, didn't know you knew Edwin Moses. Oh, well. Sheila used to represent me back oh, in Atlanta. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. And way to go. Yeah. Well, we yeah. bring in all these. Man, yeah. we bring in the Ohio players into play. And yeah. Then, hey, I got to go. Sheila, God bless. Thank you for calling. And this God is good. bless both of you. Love you. Love you. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.